0: A mother, a son, and a life with autism. It's the At Home with Autism podcast with Q102's Jen and Jacob. We were on our way home from occupational therapy, and he was his typical three-and-a-half-year-old, slightly fussy, hyper-alert, a little intense kid on the ride home. We get on to Tylersville off of 75, and we turn into Arby's. And for no apparent reason, all hell broke loose. 100% full-blown meltdown, screaming so loud that we could barely even place our order in the drive-thru. I couldn't hear what they were saying. They couldn't understand what I was saying. We pulled up to the window to actually place the order. Could not figure out what was making this kid lose his mind. And I mean, I pulled the car over and I started checking everything. Was it a dirty diaper? Was something pinching him? Was he hurt in some way? Did something sting him or bite him? Did he bite his tongue? Did he bite his cheek? Was he experiencing some kind of discomfort in some way that I couldn't see? This was always the game, it seemed, with us. Total meltdown. Let's figure out what the problem is. Got to figure out what the problem is. So whatever it is, we can stop that. So then he'll stop this. (laughs) that was the game that we played. So trying to figure it out and figure it out and figure it out. And there was just nothing. There was absolutely nothing that was evident. Start the car back up, put the car in reverse, pull out of the parking lot, get back on Tylersville. The minute I take the turn onto Tylersville, all the crying stops. I started thinking about it, just how alert he was in the car and how closely he paid attention to what lane I was driving in, to which turns I made, which roads I was on. It seemed like he really knew where we were going, and how we got there. So after that day, I started paying really close attention. And I would notice that the crying and the screaming would start in the car if I changed lanes, if I went a different way to Target than I normally went, if I parked in a different row than I normally park in at Kroger. Some way, somehow, this kid had a map going on in his brain of how we get places and that there was only one way to get there and only one way to get home. And whatever way you went, you better come home the exact same way. Because if you came a different route, uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh, the screaming would begin. Now, as he got a little bit older and became more able to communicate, he would start to signal in some way, shape, or form with a squeal or a point or a sound sound. A directional of some sort. He would get upset if I was coming down 71 and I waited too long to get into the lane that we needed to be in to turn off. The interstate. <laughs> he didn't care that there was a car already in that lane. I was supposed to be in that lane at that time, not before, not after, right then. And he would scream until I got into the lane. I would have to pay very, very close attention to the ways that I went places that were acceptable and the ways that weren't acceptable. I learned which aisles were okay for me to park in and all of the places that we normally went to and which side of the aisle. And I learned which ones just weren't. And I took his orders, happily, gladly, (laughs) to spare him and certainly myself the pain and the suffering that all of the screaming would cause. Because, of course, you know, this meltdown would happen on the way there, so we'd have a miserable experience wherever it was that we were going. And if it happened on the way home, then the next half hour, hour, or however long at home, we would pay for it. All of us would pay for it. It was just simpler to do things his way. And what seemed to be a bit of a curse at the time, eventually I was able to see as quite the blessing. Because what I began to understand, all of Jacob's attempts to control things were his way of holding his world together. And there were multiple levels to this being a blessing. One thing was it was a very clear motivation for him. He had a passion for directions. For maps, for how to get places, picking and choosing the fastest way to get there, the best way to get there, the way that he enjoyed the most to get there. He loved rerouting, not at first. At first, road work and lanes being closed were not a good thing. Eventually, we used other motivations of his, usually something silly, funny, goofy, To show him that it's not a big deal if a road is closed, we can reroute and rerouting is fun. And then all of a sudden, finding reroutes of ways to get places became more fun. So yeah, it was a motivation. It also became a way to give him the control that he so desperately wanted and needed, we believe. Because for him, the world was a really unpredictable place. And he was searching for ways to make it more predictable. Letting him make the decisions on how we were going to get to Target, where I parked the car, which shopping cart I got, which aisles we went up, which direction, the order in which we put items into the cart. When I got into a turn lane, whether I took 71 or 75, whether when we came to the fork in the road of our street, Whether I went left or right, i let him pick. Because did it matter to me, really? Nope. Did it matter to him? Nope. Big deal. It was a very big deal. I was thrilled to have these opportunities to give him that decision-making power. Because, you know, I thought about it. It's like, okay, how do I feel, certainly when I was a kid, but even now as an adult, how do I feel when other people consult me? when they asked for my opinion, made me feel like my opinion mattered. It made me feel like I had some kind of power in what was going on in my life and in the situation I was in. Made me feel kind of respected. It made me feel good to know that somebody else cared about what I thought. And I thought it would be really cool if maybe, just maybe, Jacob felt that way too. And it became a practice. You know, it wasn't just how we got to places that I gave him the opportunity to make decisions. I would look for as many opportunities in a day as I could possibly find. I love asking questions. Questions are my jam. I love to think of questions. The more questions I can ask, the deeper I can dig. Oh, the more fun it is for me. So when I'd be getting his breakfast ready, I would pick simple things, you know, all of these things that don't matter. Do you want to use this fork or this fork? Do you want to eat your waffle first or your cereal first? Which would you rather have? Do you want fruit juice snacks or do you want applesauce? Do you want to eat it on this plate or that plate? Would you rather eat breakfast at 725 or 730? Which shirt do you want to wear today? This one or this one? And I would always give him options. I would never leave it wide open because if I left it wide open, he was always going to choose the same thing or make no choice at all. But there was something about giving him choices between things that he really, really loved. And he used to get into it. He still does (laughs) because this I keep doing as much as I can, because why not? Why not? Do you want to read this book or this book? Of course, when we are local, the only option on the radio is Q102, but as soon as the static kicks in, I'll say, which radio station do you want to listen to? And I start giving him options, and he picks. And I could see, by him making these big decisions, and me honoring them, and me telling him, ah, that's a good choice. That's a good choice. I could see his confidence grow, and I can see his decisions becoming more adamant, like More definite. Do you want this or this? I want that. I love it when he surprises me. Because as we continue to play this game, instead of just giving him the two or three options, I would throw in an or something else. Do you want A, B, C, D, or something else? And when he comes back with the something else, then I know without a doubt that that is coming 100% from him. That's not an impulse. So often it seems to be these simple things that make the biggest difference. I think people like to look at an autism diagnosis as very complicated. And you know what? It is. I mean, there are so many different things that contribute to each and every symptom and behavior and everything that is involved in the autism experience. You know, it's never just one thing. But once we got through the physiological, which continues till this day, we just had a bunch of blood work done and there were a couple of things that were a little funky and we're going to have to take a look at that, but he's not filled with viruses and bacteria and heavy metals and yeast and all of that stuff that we dealt with early on. You know, once we got through all of that physiological stuff and we got into, okay, how do we, how do we help him here? It, it's been amazing to me how it seems like the simplest of things are the things that make the biggest difference. Now, when I say the simplest things, I mean, it's a pretty basic concept. Give him choices, give him options, let him make decisions, give him that power, give him that control. And it was really interesting how some of the people closest to him did not want to do that. Because of these lifelong, probably generational beliefs that mom and dad, the parents, the adults, the teachers, the therapists, the grownups are in charge. Kids don't get to make decisions. They do what we tell them to do. When we tell them to do it, how we tell them to do it. And I had that belief to an extent until I questioned it. And I asked myself, does it, really ma- does it really matter which way we go? Does it really matter where I park? Does it really matter what he eats first? What time he eats? If I'm giving him multiple choice and all of the multiple choice answers are fine by me, <laughs> then why, why not use that to empower him? to light a little spark inside of him that's going to give him that boost in confidence that's going to help him learn and grow and change. I had a tough time convincing some people of this entire philosophy and some I never did. And those are the people that have struggled the most in their relationships with him. Or I don't even know if I would say struggles because for them it may not have been a struggle. I don't know. (laughs) But definitely the ones that went toe-to-toe with him more often a lot of us like to control a lot of things or at least try to control a lot of things or even think we can control a lot of things (laughs) having a kiddo like Jacob makes it very very clear that I ain't in control of very much but I always 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 have control over my reactions and I have had a lot of reactions Jacob had a lot of reactions that he couldn't control So by showing him in these simple little exercises of letting him pick how we got places and what he ate and when, I think it opened up his world to see that he could choose lots of things. That there were different ways of doing things. Because that was the ultimate goal. We'll do it his way to begin with. We'll meet him where he is. And then show him that there are other options. And these other options can be very fun and exciting. Worked. That's how we taught him flexibility. It's one of the ways. And once you can learn to be flexible in one area, you can learn to be flexible in another. This kid would only draw rainbows, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. I mean, those are the colors of the rainbow. There's no other way to do that. (laughs) I want to make a bet. This kid now is drawing a different combination of colors in rainbows, For an entire calendar year, there will be 12 in all. And he's doing it with joy and excitement. And he's super excited that Grandma is here for the winter. She used to be awesome with him when he was 5 and 6 and 7 and 8. With this whole directional thing, he loved to go for a ride in Grandma's van. And he would tell her where to turn and she would turn. (laughs) They did every back road in Warren and Butler County, I think. And he remembers to this day where each road leads. He would put on his shoes, walk out the door, go ride in Grandma's van, and he'd go sit in the van until she would go out there and take him. <laughs> That's a good grandma. Thanks for listening to this At Home with Autism podcast. May your travels be peaceful. <laughs> no matter which route you take. I'll talk to you next time with Jacob. Take care. And be flexible for the love of Pete.